Welcome in. We're glad you're joining us for the latest edition of the Delaware Bible Cast, a podcast ministry from Delaware Bible Church. I'm Pastor Brad. I serve as Pastor of Administration and Outreach here at Delaware Bible Church, and I serve as your podcast host. And joining me today from his office is the one, the only, Pastor Scott Teedy. Pastor Scott, thanks for joining us today. It's good to be here. While we are here in your office, as I'm looking out right now, I am seeing what looks to be a big pile of dirt, and that is because at the, d- the day that we are recording this podcast is the first day that ground was broken for our new multi-purpose room. So that is go- that has been going outside, right outside Pastor Scott's office. I was a little concerned that when we recorded, we might hear some loud noises there. But it looks like they're done for today. So they're either done or they're on lunch. One or the other. Either way, let's let's get going here, so we don't hear a bunch of loud noises in the background again. So today, uh, Pastor Scott is joining us, and we are going to talk specifically about our current life group campaign. This was a study that we started this last Sunday, and it's one that our church is going to continue through the next three weeks. So as we uh, walk through what we're studying here on Sunday morning. We have been going through each week for probably about the last six months, I would say, uh, the book of Acts. And we've been studying that book verse by verse. And we're taking a four-week break here the last four weeks in October. And we are studying the important topics of Christian community and connectedness to the local church fellowship, which are topics that I think sometimes don't get enough airtime. Uh, I say that as a guy who loves the study of ecclesiology. If you've listened to the podcast before, you would know that that's my favorite doctrine to study and that we're going to spend a lot of time in the podcast this year studying that. But Pastor Scott, as we begin, if you wouldn't mind, can you share with us what led you to, as I mean, the Life Group campaign is something that we regularly schedule here on our uh, sermon outlines for the year, but why did you feel like at this time, where we were currently at as a church, that this was the appropriate topic to study for this campaign? Well, several reasons. Uh, uh, First of all, um, I wanted to get at something that I think is going on, not just in our church, but in the church, in the wider church, which is um, church has become, for many, a spectator sport. It's Mm kind of like watching football on Saturday or whatever, you come in, you watch, you you know, you feel good when things feel good. You feel bad when things go wrong or feel bad. Uh, you know, when there's a really convicting sermon, you might feel that, and you move on with your your day. And that is not, or never has been, what church is supposed to be. It is supposed to be uh, something that you. Uh, 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 something that you participate in. You you connect in. In some way, uh, God has, I mean, the Bible could not be more clear, places like Ephesians, 1 Corinthians, that the church is not a place for pastors and elders to lead and everybody else to come and spectate. The church is actually an organism where everybody participates, everybody's connected in. And uh, so that's kind of one thing that I'm dealing with and you know or one thing that I thought of when I would put this together the other thing is this is what's healthy for us right like mm-hmm. everybody on the earth uh, gets to s- choose how they spend their time and 
it is so easy. It's easy for me. I imagine it's easy for you and everybody else to fall into a habit of filling your time with things that <clears throat> are entertaining or are in some way bring you pleasure. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I have to tell a little story. You know, uh, I've been reading up on the Roman Empire, and at the beginning of the Roman Empire, one of the virtues that the Romans had was they wanted to live a Spartan lifestyle. They wanted to, you know, make homes that were not super comfortable so that it inspired them to go out, to be outside, to learn, and to, to interact with others and even, you know, work for the greater good of the community. As the Roman Empire went on and wealth increased, they made their homes comfortable places where they could kind of go and take shelter and hide from the, the world. And that's, you know, towards the end of the Roman Empire, that's what one of the reasons it crumbled apart was there was no longer a virtue of, hey, let's get out there, let's interact, let's, let's connect, and let's, you know, let's do things that are for the greater good of the community. It was all about me and making me feel good and me feel comfortable. So I want us to, to understand and experience the health, the health that comes from doing that which God designed us to do, which I always think is the best and most healthy way to live, which is to, to spend time not thinking about self so much as spend time thinking about uh, other people, specifically Christians, uh, that you can spend your time and talents building up and edifying. Well, one other thing, if I just throw Mm -hmm. throw in, the word community these days is thrown around so much. So for example, you know, just to pick a totally innocuous, you know, whatever, you know, the hobby, the hobbyist community, you know, if somebody, if somebody says, you know, let's reach out to the hobbyist community, what do they mean? Well, surely they mean uh, all the people that have hobbies, you know, whatever those hobbies are, could be knitting, could be building models, could be, you know, whatever. Let's reach out to all the people that do hobbies because that's a community. There's no community there. There's no, there's no, a community starts with things that people have in common, but it also, it also, those things that they have in common extend past just what they do with their hands. It, it, it goes into their value system. And uh, I think there needs to be some sort of structure, some sort of leadership. Churches are a community and should be. We have the things that we have in common, we hold in common, and then we build out from there structures to, um, put those things into action in our own lives and then reach out into the community with those values. Um, and, and that's really what a true community is. So the word kind of, the word community has kind of taken a beating over the last, I don't know how many years. It's, it's come to mean just a group of people that do the same thing. And it's not, there's, there's going to be values. There's going to be structure. There's going to be leadership. Uh, that's what a true community is. Well, with that, I think you're right on with that. I've seen a lot of uh, business and marketing terms being used a lot with the term community. Yeah. You have your gym community, your workout community, yeah. or your hobbyist community. Let's say that um, recently I, I bought a, a board game from a guy online that was part of a board game collection community. You know, that's that's what they did. They gathered, they played those games. But you're right, for true Christian community, there's got to be a lot more than just, hey, we like hanging out together. Uh, with that... I think that as we're coming out of the throes of COVID-19, we're moving past the pandemic now, we are seeing this hangover from it as well. 
where it can be easy for us to neglect our community out of comfort with what you're talking about. Sure, yeah. We've been hunkered down, uh, you know, told to isolate and, um, you know, reintegrating, you know, getting back out into public and replugging in and reconnecting into a community. That's actually huge for us as people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I actually was reading uh, some statistics. I actually, I wish I could cite where they were from, uh, but I can see if I can add that to uh, the bottom of the footnotes in our podcast. But I was reading that nationally church attendance uh, for the millennial generation for mine has been up, but overall attendance is down 15% still since COVID, which I think would be pretty much where we're at looking at the numbers from Delaware Bible Church. And there are some legitimate reasons for that. You know, I think, for example, sometimes people are saying, hey, I'm going to live stream when uh, I'm sick and hacking up along at church, which I think we would say is a good thing. But there's also the comfort issues or the other issues of, am I neglecting my community there? So it's a pretty big and it's a pretty big topic that we need to keep talking about and I think you're seeing more books or things written on the importance of Christian community. So with that shared, can you share with us your outline of this study and, and where we're going with it? Yeah, sure. We're already one sermon into it out of four. And um, so in a nutshell, uh, in the first week we talked we talked about um, what we have in common. You know, the word community, <clears throat> the word community really is two words put together, common and unity. And um, so we talked about what we have in common, such as, you know, the gospel. In, in other words, what holds Delaware Bible Church together, or any church should be. And I and I know you're, there's going to be folks that maybe are tuning in that are familiar with things like the Universalist Unitarian Church, where a diversity of different beliefs, it, it's kind of like the thing that brings them together, the thing that unifies them is none of them believe the same thing. That's not who we are. Um, so we recognize, for example, we have a common understanding of the gospel. We have a common understanding of, uh, what the Bible says about law versus grace. We have a common understanding of God's sovereignty versus man's responsibility. We have a common understanding of what Jesus's role in transforming our culture is. We also understand where the Bible stops and where we're allowed to have preferences. And we've decided as a, as a Delaware Bible Church community, that we're not going to fight over preferences. Um, you know, there's all kinds of classic examples you can think of. What kind of music do you play in the church, worship music? What kind of, do you sit on pews or do you sit on chairs? Um, or beanbags, for that matter, you know, whatever. Uh, those are all preference items. And, um, you know, do you want your pastor to wear a suit and tie? Do you want him to wear a jacket and tie? Do you want him to wear no tie at all? Or, you know, I've seen pastors in flip-flops, you know, uh, those are all preferences, and we need to recognize those as such, and we need to figure out who we are as a church and, and decide not to uh, fight or you know disagree or divide over preference items. We also understand that there's parts of the Bible that are hard to understand, and they're obscure, and we're not going to fight about those things. We're going to understand that there's good people on both sides of the equation that disagree, and we're going to live in the tension, and, and that's okay. Um, and then we also, you know, because we have a church constitution, we understand uh, the structure of Delaware Bible Church. You know, 
deacons, elders, uh, you know, how we conduct church meetings, how many, how much of a percent do we have to have of the vote of the membership to vote in a new pastor, you know, all these things. What are we going to vote on? That's all outlined in the Constitution. And in order to be part of the Delaware Bible Church community as a member, you have to be um, on board with that. That's what, that's the things that we have in common. So that's basically what I'm covering in part one. Um, then I'll go on next week in part two to talk about the second half of the word, which is unity, and uh, talk about, you know, the, the Bible does instruct us, and in fact, it commands us to, you know, do things like agree with one another, right? To, to make every effort uh, to maintain the unity of the body, right? And we're going to talk about that, and we're going to talk about some of the threats to that unity. Um, some of the things that have traditionally come into the church that have served to kind of pour acid on the body and try to dissolve it and, you know, fragment it. And why it's so important for us to pursue uh, unity within the body um, around the things that we have in common, right? Not around anything, not around any old thing, not unity for unity's sake. Um, you know, in other words, when when someone is doing something that is contrary to the clear teaching of Scripture, we don't shrug our shoulders and say, well, for the sake of unity, I'll just let that one go. No, the thing that keeps us unified is, no, this person is acting against Scripture, what God has clearly said, and we're going to talk about it, and how we're going to right the ship of this relationship, and how we're going to preserve unity in this body is we're going to agree with what God has said. It's the only way to go. So, um, uh, unfortunately, uh, one of the things I'm battling against in this is that there's a big portion of the population, I'm just talking about American population, and I think it's seeping into the church where we say to ourselves, I don't want to say anything because I might offend someone, and that is a absolutely dangerous place to be. We have to be able to tell each other the truth, and we have to do it in love. And if, if I go to tell someone the truth and they say, I am offended, I am so mad, I am leaving the church, I can't believe that you would bring this up, Pastor, you are so mean and I am so triggered. I, I understand that that is the spirit of the age that we breathe today. We're not going to live that way. Mm-hmm. That's not what's going to keep us unified. Uh, we're going to have to face the hard realities of what's going on in our lives constructively and try to build one another up in love. And then from there, I'm going to move on to uh, part three, which is going to be all about communication. And there, because um, it, it's such a big, huge hurdle for folks, we're going to talk about the four rules of communication found in Ephesians 4. I've talked about this before. I'll try to bring it in a new and fresh way that helps people to understand the, the power and the constructive uh, benefits of all of us in the church choosing to be honest with one another, to keep current with one another, to attack the problem, not the person, and to choose to act and not let ourselves react. In other words, we're not going to let emotion take control of our lives and lead us into all kinds of destructive behavior. We're going to temper that emotion and choose to act with our rational minds and, um, you know, and we're going to think through what was just said, and we're going to act constructively uh, to solve problems and to try to fight 
honestly, for unity within the body. One more thing, part four, is um, is connection. And here I'm gonna I'm gonna, you know, I'm sure everybody knows my technical engineering background. I'm gonna rely heavily on an illustration. I think in that fourth sermon. And uh, we're going to really talk about Galatians 6.2, bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. Uh, we're going to talk about in order to be connected, um, you know, I'm not going to share the analogy now, but in order to be connected, you're going to have to put yourself in a situation to take some load, mm-hmm. right? Um, a, there is no such thing as a Christian who is, now, this is putting aside all the caveats of you're not, you know, at home and sick in bed on your deathbed. You're not, you know, this is a normally, you're not, you know, you know, you're not, you're a normally operating person by and large. Um, You're going, there's no such thing as a Christian who is disconnected to the point where they feel no weight of what it means to be part of the body of Christ. They've, they've got no responsibility. They are taking no action to build together the body of Christ, to build it up. There's no such thing as that. And so it's incumbent upon every Christian to understand that they need to be connected to the body of Christ. And, and that connection is going to mean putting themselves in a position where they're going to have to take some weight and they're going to have to take some responsibility to help build it up. It, Pastor Brad, you know, you you and I, Pastor Brad, or sorry, Pastor Aaron and the rest of the elders, we can't do this. No. We cannot do this. We cannot ourselves build up the body of Christ. Mm-hmm. We, in fact, in Ephesians, are told to equip the saints for the work of ministry. And then it goes on to say, until the body of Christ, you know, it, to, so that it equips itself, builds itself up in love in Ephesians 4. That's our job, uh, but so often today, people, Christians, think that it's the pastor's job, it's the elder's job to do the work of ministry. That's a gross misunderstanding. It's going gonna, it's going to hurt our church to think that way. We need to get out of that, snap ourselves out of that mindset, and go back to the Bible. And with that, there's so much ministry that goes on in our church and through our community, through members, that we don't even see or know about. And I love that. Yeah. I love to hear about some ministry that that our folks are doing that I don't know anything about. Mm-hmm. That's yeah, what I mean, I, I can't tell you the number of times I've heard that there was a woman in need at the church, a single mom, something like that, and women go out and be involved in that, and we didn't even know about it until maybe the next Sunday when someone told us about it, uh, or a ministry like that. And with what you're sharing, I think that we see through this study the levels of discernment that we got to have, right? We, we need to know what we hold this common ground around. We are very different people. We have a multi-generational church body. And with that, we may have some disagreements on things. Politically, uh, you mentioned uh, Saturday sports teams-wise, different things that we are not on the same page on, but we're unified on the things that truly matter for our Christian community. And as well, I think it's important for us to remember we don't have to agree with all of the preference issues, as you mentioned this last week, on that. If uh, I oversee the Iwana program, if you have an issue with the fact that we have that children's ministry, well, you can go to the elders on it. But if they say, hey, we're going to continue to disciple children through this, 
that's the ministry of the church, and it's not something that we disunify over. Right. Uh, with that, again, it comes with communication, and then our connectedness, and I agree with you that connection so often comes through serving the church, serving in the church with the gifts that God's given us. Absolutely. Uh, in, in all of my life uh, operating within the church, and you know, I spent a lot of time as a layperson before going into the ministry, uh, my greatest periods of growth have been when I was teaching a Sunday school class or when I took on the weight of being you know, the Sunday school superintendent or the youth director for a while at a church. And, and uh, all those ways stretched me and helped me to grow and change, become more like Jesus Christ. But in the process of doing that, I felt the weight of it. I was connected, and I knew that connection was there because, you know, as a youth director, for example, teenagers have problems, and they struggle with articulating those problems to their parents, and parents have a hard time knowing what to do when their teenager tells them about a problem. And so all, you know, guiding and helping and shepherding people through that is, um, you feel the weight of it. Mm. It drives you to the Word. Amen. Well, Pastor Scott, again, we we thank you for joining us for this time. We're going to take a brief break right as the bell rings in the hallway, and uh, I'm going to come back and share more about what we're studying about in our small groups then on Sunday evenings. Our Life Group campaign is put together with three different components for each week. The first being the Sunday sermon, which Pastor Scott shared with us about as we learn about what we hold in common as believers in week one, and week two, the unity that we have and should uphold as believers, session three, as we speak about communication within the church and how we ought to communicate with one another, and number four, connection and its importance within the local body. As well, though, each Sunday evening or whenever that small group meets, we will have our life group portion, or part number two, Life Groups, our small group ministry at Delaware Bible Church, stands for love, instruction, fellowship, and encouragement. And that's something that we want to have as a key part for each group. We want to share a genuine Christian love for one another. As well, we want to have a time of instruction during our time together where we hear truth from God's Word, where we talk about whether it be the Sunday morning service whether it in the sermon that was shared, whether it be a specific study that our group is going through, or whether it be a Bible study that your group is going through as you're taking turns studying the Bible, sharing from the Bible, uh, answering questions about God's Word. But as well, as we look at this, we generally try to give groups a time, most of the time, where they can kind of work with what's best for their group. So some groups may use Right Now Media material for that. Other groups may just really lock into that Sunday morning sermon. Others, my group's one of these, they often uh, do a bit of both, where sometimes they'll be focusing specifically on the Sunday sermon, another message that they heard, but a lot of the time they're taking a Right Now Media study and they're talking about that, or they're reading through a book together and then they'll discuss that. There are different ways that you can be a part of a life group and lead a life group and work through material together as a life group. But there are a couple times a year where we get together and we really want to focus on one topic, such as Christian community here. And so what we're doing through this study is after Pastor Scott shares on Sunday morning, 
In the evenings, again, whether it's Sunday or another day of the group when a group meets, we are working through material from Matthias Media. And this material is called Six Steps to Loving Your Church, from the Ministry of the Few to the Ministry of the Pew. And I want to read to you just the, uh, the back pamphlet, what it would share about the focus of this study. It says, Some of us really love our churches, Some of us aren't so positive, and for many of us, that feeling can change from week to week. This sixth session, but in our case, we've made it four sessions, program is about how to love your church, whether you're feeling enthusiastic about it or not. It's about the mindset you take with you as you go to church each week and how that mindset is expressed in a multitude of ways, big and small. Over this study, we've been looking at certain things, such as your current attitudes towards church and how they are expressed, what the Bible says about the meaning and purposes of church, what it means to love your church and the people who go there, and how all of us can be engaged in the ministry of the pew, an active, loving service of others before, during, and after church. And so as we study these, uh, these guys that, that have done this study Colin Marshall and Tony Payne are ones that are familiar for us at Delaware Bible Church if you've served as a life group leader, because we've worked through their material uh, for life group leaders. But as well, they are familiar to us uh, because Matthias Media and that group has written a lot of other good resources that we recommend, but the one that you probably see the most around our ministry is the track Two Ways to Live. Pastor Scott shared about this in session one what we hold together in common, as he talked about the gospel and he worked through that track. There's also a book that I'm sure many within our congregation have read called The Trellis and the Vine as well. But as we take this series and work through it together, we're taking those video sessions and we're working through them as well. And so from our first session together, we focused on how we walk in a church And as the video started, it shared with us that the key to loving church is our own attitude and heart. So we shared first as a question this, if you were headed to a new church for the first time and the only thing that you knew about them was that they were a doctrinally solid church, what would you be thinking about as you headed to that church for the first time? We later talked about our purpose in going to church. We looked at scripture passages that focused on that. And as well then, as we finished up our time, we talked about the difference between being a spectator to being a participant, not only in the Sunday worship service, but wherever we go as part of our Christian community. We're going to continue our study then, as next we focused on, in unity, what the church is about, how we can effectively build here at the church. We're not talking about building a building, as we talked about a little bit earlier, But we're talking about the ministry of the pew, seeking to build up one another in love. Finally then, uh, third then, we will be talking about uh, when the church finishes or that informal time of building up, which dovetails with communication that we'll be studying. How to build over coffee with the scripture being the center of our conversation. And finally that of reaching the lost. That our time isn't just to be spent only in our Christian bubble, but out as we outreach and share with other people.
Last, there is connection. We will express and look at why Christians are reluctant to invite others to church, how we can embed the truths that we've learned in the culture of the church, and we are reminded that loving our church is not a feeling but a commitment. This is a study that we've already begun by the time that this podcast is aired, but it's one that I hope that our church body will really focus on as we share this is a very meaningful thing. It's a very important thing for us to go through, and it's one that we believe that God will be honored in and through. As we conclude our time, I do want to make an edit to something that I shared earlier. And that earlier I shared that based on uh, some recent pieces that I had read, that it looked like the evangelical community overall was showing church attendance being down by about 15%. Now that was something that I read that I believe to be true and something that I can uh, see not only at Delaware Bible Church, but as I talk to other ministers, other church leaders to be a common experience where they are at as well. But it's one that no matter where I searched, I couldn't find where I got that from. So I apologize about that. Please take that as Brad's opinion and something that I feel like I've seen as I look at the data here at Delaware Bible Church, but not one that I can draw fully for the entire evangelical community. I do, though, with that, want to share with you a resource that I found very helpful And that's a man that you can find on Twitter, and I'm sure he's on other forms of social media, but I follow him on Twitter. And that is a man named Ryan Burge. That's Ryan, R-Y-A-N, Burge, B-U-R-G-E. You can find him at Ryan Burge on Twitter. Ryan has written a book called 20 Myths About Religion and Politics in America. As well, he puts together statistical data of politics, of religion, of church attendance, and different things. And he puts it together in these great infographs that are very helpful and share some great information with you. So he would be a guy that I would recommend that you check out and you might find some helpful information from. Sorry about that. Again, thanks for joining us for part one of our study of Christian community. We're looking forward to sharing more podcasts with you as we continue to study Christian community and ecclesiology here in future weeks. Hope that you have a wonderful week. And we look forward to sharing with you again soon.